Well, tonight I want to bring a, a message to you uh, entitled, uh, Be Present. Be Present. And um, I feel like, you know, does anyone here, know here, anyone here know how to juggle? Juggle? Jugglers? Nick, you know how to juggle? Sweet, good job. Nick's like one of my best friends. So sometimes I feel like life is kind of like this, right? We're juggling, we're juggling, and then somebody says, hey, like grab your phone out of your pocket, and you're like, and you're like, okay, I got my phone in my pocket. Now, okay, now you're, now go and, uh, hey, your kid has quarantine, your kid's quarantined because they're exposed to COVID. And you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta figure out lunch. Like, how, are they, how are they gonna eat? And then, oh man, are they gonna kill their siblings at home? And, and then you're like, then your, 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 your job comes and they're like, and then they're like, hey, uh, we need you to, we actually had an employee quit and so we need you to pick up an extra shift and you're like, oh my God, I said shift, okay, shift. Um, and then they're like, okay, no, and then, and then we go and then they're like, and then you come into church and then your pastor's like, you need to be in the word every day and you need to be praying. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta pray, but I'm praying, it means I can't shower. And then you're like, oh man, you're like, oh gosh, life is so busy. It's like, man, we are like so busy. And uh, I'm gonna set these here. Okay. And I, I feel like that's life. It's, I have so much going on and, and, and it's hard to be present. And then you throw in there the fact that we have these amazing technological devices. Right now, I got four new text messages since the time I was standing over there. And I got a, who's, you know, I got a notification who's winning the PGA Players Championship tonight and so much information that's like being bombarded at me that's, crawling, that's, that's clawing for my attention and, and, and all the while we have all these other things and we have goals and sometimes I, I just wonder what it would do to us as a, as a group of people, as a family of God if, if we were just a little bit, I don't know, more present and there's so many things that are, that are distracting and demanding and good things but in all the juggle it's hard to like it's hard to hear and be present with God and with the closest people in our lives so tonight we'll be talking about how there's power in being present everyone say there's power in being present some of you right now, you have your phones, your, your, your wife's texting you, your kids are texting you, you got nine other things, you got in a fight with your spouse on the way here, or maybe earlier today, you're wondering, oh my gosh, am I going to sleep on the couch tonight, or am I going to, you know, there's so many, you have things that are going on, you have school, you have homework, you have a job, you have things going on tomorrow, okay, you have demands, and they're clawing for your attention, and so I want to just remind us that there's power in being present, We're going to be uh, reading out of Luke 10, 38 through 42 tonight. It's a story of Mary and Martha and Jesus. If you're not familiar, I'm going to read it. It's a, it's a beautiful story. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him, Jesus, into her home. Right? So you're getting the picture. Home. Jesus comes in the home. It's Martha's home. And Martha had a sister called Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. So you get this picture. She invites, Martha invites Jesus into her home. I mean, this is like a pretty big deal. 
This is like, man, you have like Jesus, this prophet, this, this famous person in your region coming to your house. And I know how I feel like when I have like my friends coming over, it's like, okay, let's, we haven't cleaned the toilet in like a week. And so like we got to, or maybe four weeks or maybe six months. And so we clean the toilet and then we clean the floor around the toilet. And then we shove all the toys underneath the bed and the couch. And then we, we go into the coat closet and we're like, that looks terrible. They're going to bring their coat over. So we, we come and we, we organize the coat closet and then we go and we clean up our house. We want our house to be looking clean. Now imagine Jesus coming to your house. When I was growing up, I would have friends over, and my mom would be like, Jake, I need you to clean up the house before your friends come over. I'm like, Mom, my friends don't care. Like, I've been to their house is smelly, and they have, like, cats. Like, they don't care. And she'd be like, no, you have to clean the basement, clean the house. Because when you have guests, you want it to be clean. So here we have this setup where Jesus is coming to Mary and Martha's house, and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his every word. Just, just sitting at his feet and just, okay, Jesus, what do you have to say? She's being present. But Martha was distracted with all of her preparations making food and preparing drink and and cleaning the house and said to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the serving by myself? Then tell her to help me. So this is Martha literally telling Jesus what to do. Like, that's a bold move. Like, that's a bold move. Tell her to help me. But Jesus answered, and the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, You are worried and distracted by many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. There is power in being present. Jesus says to Martha, 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 you are worried and distracted. Worried and and distracted. We see in this passage that Jesus places a high value on being present and attentive to his influence. There's many things that we should do, but Jesus places high value on being present to what is most important. There are things in your life, in my life, that are more important than other things in our life. And Jesus is calling his followers, you and me, tonight. Listen, you watching online, he's calling you tonight. You evaluate the things that are important to you and important to me and to place those things that Christ cares about most to our utmost presence and attention. And so my question tonight is, is if I were a fly on your wall or on the wall of your life, would I describe your attitude as worried and distracted? And Martha wasn't doing anything wrong. Martha wasn't living in sin. Martha wasn't she was well-intentioned. She had Jesus in her house. She wanted it to be clean for him. But in all of her care for her house, she became worried and distracted and missed out 
on the presence of Jesus because she was not present. You guys catching on? There's power. There's power in being present for your families. There's power in being present for your coworkers. There's power in being present in your Bible reading. There's power in being present while driving. Yeah, don't, don't text and drive, okay. There's power in being present in all aspects of our life. And we as a culture, as a Western culture, have, whoa, <laughs> I just kicked these pool balls. Don't do that again. We are distracted to a degree that has made being present impossible, or what seems to be impossible. And you and I all know a few people in our lives who have so much peace and who live with so much contentment and live with so much just connection with God. And we say, okay, what are you doing? And they go, okay, well, I, re- they, I need to read my Bible more. Okay, I need to pray more. Okay, I need to go to church more. It's like, no. Do you understand that peace comes from being present? It doesn't come from doing more. It comes from resting. It doesn't come for if you do X, Y, and Z, the product will be at. The, the, God is, le- it's sitting now, we'll get to it later, but it's sitting in the, in the room of our lives in every space and allowing ourselves to be present. And if you can be honest and can internally raise your hand with me tonight, I'm, I'm right there with you. This message tonight is for me. If you've been worried and distracted... Nothing to be condemned about, just something to realize that God is like, God is ready to move in your life. Like this message is not to condemn you, it's to say, lifeline, here it comes. There's, there's, there's a thing that you can start to walk into tonight that can get you out of your frenzied life and into a life that Jesus is present with and present in. So I'm thrilled to be able to share what I have uh, to share with you tonight, I've been recently challenged by this in the last three months that was sparked by a conversation with my wife where she um, lovingly described my behavior at home as distant and distracted. And I don't say that, I say that to share that like this is something that has, affects everyone and in fact definitely has affected me. And um, I, this is my family, it's my wife. We just had a baby like four weeks ago. His name is Bo and then we have Remmer who's got the sucker. That was actually the first time that Remmer ever met our new son. He was like three days old because two-year-olds can't go to the hospital. Um, and so Remmer, oh man, he was like, what did you just bring into my house? <laughs> like what is going on? That is not my kid. Get him out of, you know, he's like, get him out of here. Like, and it took him about a week to realize, like, this kid ain't going anywhere. And so that's a picture of my family. And I was having a conversation just before we went into um, uh, to, to deliver the baby. And just kind of me reflecting on the first time that we had our, our son, Remmer. And I just remember feeling as a, as a I don't know, as a man in the, in, the, in the delivery room, I remember feeling so incapable and so helpless that my reaction was to be distant 
my reaction was to detach because I couldn't do anything to help. Like, I, I like to fix things. I want to be able to help. And so I realized that I was actually not very present for the, son of, for the birth of my first son. Like the nurses were helping my wife and she was, you know, delivering a baby, which is amazing, but, you know, it can be high stress and I'd felt so inadequate that I, that I detached. And I remember telling this to Abby and I just, right before we delivered the baby, I was like, Abby, I just want to be present. Like I, and it was, like I, I'm admittingly, like it, it was, I was freaked out. I was, I felt so weak because I couldn't do anything, but I, I committed myself to being present for every moment of the delivery. And I remember when there was feelings of fear that we, I pulled out the, the playlist and I played worship music. I remember being, feeling afraid and I, and I, I told the nurses, get out of the room. And I said, Abby, we're going to pray. And then I remember, I remember every moment that Abby felt out of control, I stepped in with a presence to say, I'm here. And about two weeks after that, so about a week ago, my wife shared with me that she has since then felt a deeper connection with me ever since that delivery. A connection that is deeper than she's ever felt with me. There's power in being present. Being present doesn't mean that you solve problems. Being present, it means that you are present in every moment with another human being in order to understand and help and carry the burdens of others. It's not a fixer. It's not, a, I'm going to be here to fix all your problems. It's, 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 it's a presence that says, I am here. I'm not there. I'm not on my phone. I'm here. I'm not at my work. I'm here. I'm not at the sporting event. I'm here. I'm not on the golf course. I'm here. I'm not at the mall. I'm not on Amazon. I'm not on Etsy. I'm not on all. I'm here. I'm not on YouTube. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Some of you, your kids and grandkids need to know that you're there. They don't, need, they don't need to share all their problems with you so that you can fix them. They, you don't need to fix all their sin and all their rebellion. You, they, what they need is you there. And I mean you by mean, I, I say me. <laughs> like I, I'm preaching to myself tonight. But to live in the moment or to be present can be a terrifying experience. It's way easier to be apathetic, distracted, uninvolved, and distant. It's safer to be distant. Because when you're distant, you can't get hurt. When you're distant, you don't get attached. When you're distant, you're, you're not there. You can, you, can, you, can, you can escape the pain of life if you're distant, but only for a while. To be present is one of the most riskiest and adventurous and courageous things you could ever do for your life. If you want to be counterculture, if you want to live different, if you want to live separate, if we want to live separate than the world, we don't need louder prayers. We don't need more evangelism that's out. We need people who are present. 
Your work doesn't need you to be flamboyantly Christian. You people in your work need you to be present because when you're present, you see them walk in with a face that's different and you walk over not to fix them, but to say, hey, what's going on? And then your phone rings and you don't answer it and you leave it on the, and you say, I'm here, what's going on? You see, to live present is to live like Jesus. Jesus had demands and distractions all the time, but he never let the distractions take him away from the presence. You have so many instances where the, the story that Pastor Dwayne shared about the woman with the issue of blood, he's walking through the crowd of people, but Jesus is so in the moment. He's so in tune with the moment that he's in. He's present that when the woman touches him, he feels the power leave him. He was present. In Luke 18, he's going, he's traveling from city and there's a blind man, blind Bartimaeus, comes to him and he calls out, Christ, Christ, there's people all around and everyone's like, hey dude, shut up, blind guy. And Jesus comes to him and says, what do you need? The, the, the children are coming to Jesus and Jesus is, it, it, he, and all the disciples are like, hey, stay away, get the kids away from here. And Jesus is present and he says, bring the children to me. You see, we're so worried about what we ought to do and what we should do that we miss out on the moments. Because in the moments where you allow the Holy Spirit to lead, you see, the leading of the Holy Spirit is not a mystical thing. The, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life simply is this, being present. It's not a mystical, like you have an orb that comes and it leads you or a voice that's behind you going, turn left. No, it's literally being present and knowing that God is with you and you're just, you're just content and you're just happy and you're stress-free and you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have all the Snapchat notifications on your phone. You don't have the YouTube notifications. You're just present. And then something pops and you notice something. You just go, okay, I'll be present in that. You guys, there's power in being present. But for, <laughs> it's terrifying to be present at times. Because a lot of us have painful stories. We have painful experiences. We have, we have tragic events. We have stress that is, that is crushing in on us. And for an unbeliever, can you imagine the, the, the pressure of being present where your conscience is, is, is constantly condemning you for all of the evil that you've done? And so instead of dealing with the present moment of what you know is true, but you reject it, because that's what Romans says, we distract ourselves with alcohol, workaholism, we have drugs, Social media, 24-hour news cycle, vaping, alcohol abuse, sex, pornography, masturbation, emotional, uh, online emotional relationships, pursuit of money. We have all these things that are distracting us from being present. But to consider the present also means to consider the future death and burial of all of us. Because if you're like me and you've ever considered, man, to be present, my, man, if my breath was gone, I'd be done. Man, this life is so short. To be present is to consider the future death of us all. And we hate this so much that I was at a funeral for my wife's grandma 
we're at the funeral and we're doing the service and it's cold outside and it's, we're celebrating her life that now she's in heaven and we're at the grave site and then as soon as the service is over, everyone's like, okay, where are we going to get lunch? Where are we going to go get lunch? Wait, hey, hey, are you bringing the ham sandwiches? Yeah, okay, a pasta salad. Yeah, you're bringing dessert? Yep, okay, who's bringing the, who's bringing the Sprite? Okay, yeah, 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 okay, we're going to our house right now. Hey, hey, are you guys, are, are you going to go over there? We're going to the house, okay, yeah, 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 okay, okay. Oh my gosh, did you see over there? I can't believe they came. I can't believe they came. We've had so much beef with them. Okay, we're not going to talk to them because there's always drama at funerals, you know what I'm talking about. And so we go and there's like, and I'm just considering this, and, and my father-in-law, who's one of the, he's such a man of God, and, and, and we're driving away, and he's, he's at the base of the, of the casket. Everyone else is left. And my wife's like, what is, I said, what is, what is dad doing? And I said, he's being present. He's saying, it's my mom. I'm not going to run away from the hard stuff. I'm not going to run away from death. I'm not going to run away from fear. I'm not going to run away from discomfort. I'm going to be present in it. And even in that, I'm going to say, God, what are you doing in all of this pain? Because to run away from pain is to run away from God. Because you think God wants to get you through it. He wants to do something in you as you go through it. But if you're just praying, God, get me out, you miss out on the very gift that God has given us to be human. You won't experience that in heaven. You won't experience that. But he's given us this gift of life where we get to go through things, not alone. And we don't have to be distracted, but to be present. And I know life is tragic. I look at these things. I can't imagine the stories and the things that you're going through with kids and grandkids. I can't imagine it. But instead of, instead of being a frenzy, God is calling us and saying, be present. Don't, don't get distracted. Press in. Peace is not found in you getting out of your situation. Peace is the presence of God. It is you being present and coming under the influence of God's very presence in the things that we go through. It's what it means to be Christian. It's the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even though you go through the fire, you don't smell like smoke. It's that even when you go through things, Christ is greater. And that his presence carries us through. Even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though we have questions and doubts, we stay present to the presence of God that's in the midst of us. And the, and the crazy thing about it is, is the result that you want in the situation that is difficult is not found in striving for the result. It's found and being present and open to Christ's influence in the moment. It's not a formula. It's actually resting and, and, and calming down and, and, and stop putting demands on God to solve your problems. And not putting him on the judgment seat or the, uh, on the act, not putting him in the courtroom and, and saying, God, if you are good, then why is this happening? It's saying, no, God, it's taking him out of that seat, putting him in the chair and in your living room and say, God, this is what's going on. Man, you're so faithful. God, what's my next step? I trust you. Even right now, there's distractions that are hitting. Phone calls, stress, your mind's wandering. And I wonder what it would look like for us, even just right now, to take, 
take 10 seconds just to be present and allow God, because I just brought up a lot of like you know, heavy stuff, right? This is heavy stuff. Just allow God's presence to have influence on your presence and being attention and your focus. So just take 10 seconds, even if you're watching online, just take 10 seconds just to be silent. Just take a deep breath. Just realize that God's in the room. He's with you. Just take the pressure off. As we continue to the unbeliever, being present is terrifying. That's why not just unbelievers, we all do it. We distract ourselves. We distract ourselves because the weight of carrying our situations and our conscience is unbearable. It's unbearable to think that we will die one day and our actions will be laid bare before God. It is unbearable to think about that day so we distract ourselves. And to those people in the room who that very thing is is crippling you, I point you to the cross. And to say Jesus endured so much. I point you to the cross of Jesus, the character and the love of God in the flesh, actionable, present. He took our pain and our suffering. He took our sin. He took your rebellion. And he said, I will pay the price. I will carry the weight that humanity can never carry. And he dies on a cross. He raises, like, he dies. God dies. Three days later, he raises from the dead. Proving that he's God. Defeating death. And he says to anyone who would hear that message, we're 2,000 2000 years later still preaching the message. To anyone who hears this message, look to the cross. Take your focus and your control and your attention off of yourself. Be present in a moment and open your heart to the reality that God came to earth. And much like Jesus came to earth, God wants to come into your situation, your mess, your life, your Difficulty, your depression, he wants to come into your life if you will be present and have faith that God is enough. To those who are unsaved, those who are living, those who the thought of being present and thinking of the future is unbearable. Look to the cross of Jesus, look to his love, look to his character that even though we were his enemies, he died for you. Even though we were lost, lost sheep, he called our name like as the good shepherd that he is. And he brings us home, not by our works, but by grace, through faith, by his love and kindness. So for the Christian to be present is quite the opposite, though. Even though life can be challenging, and it is challenging. To be present before God, all accusation, all punishment is off the table. We're not being punished anymore. 
So to be present before God is to allow his grace, his truth, and forgiveness to work in our lives. Man. This is what it says in Psalm 4610. It says, be still. Just know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Nextly, to, to be present before God is to, be, is to allow his influence to master our lives. You know, it, it's so true that when we go to worship, we're in the presence of God, but sometimes I, I think that when we, when we say that, we, we inevitably have wrong thinking that God's presence isn't with us wherever we go. Like, I, God is, like, not limited in these walls. Man, you go to work, he's there. Man, you go to sleep, he's there. You go in the car, you, you go to the gym, you, wherever you're going, God's presence is there. And this is the great story of the cross and the Christianity is that God wanted to be with humanity. He could have chosen any house. He could have chosen any dwelling place. He could have chosen anything, but he chose you. He said, I want to be with humanity. I don't want the tabernacle. I don't want the temple. I don't want that. I want them. I want you. So that literally, sometimes, like, I, and this isn't not, I'm not boasting. I'm just giving an example. I will be, like, wherever I'm at, like at this grocery store, I'll just, like, God, you're with me. Boom. It's like, it's like, whoa. Whew. So you're present. It's like, man, you're with your kids. Man, you're with your wife. And you're just like, bam, God, you're, you're just here. Just, he's, like, he's present in all of our lives. And it's not, just a con- it's not a condemning presence. It's a kind, benevolent, instructional, fatherly presence. And he's so patient with us. And while the devil is trying to distract Christians from the present moment, because he knows that the, the devil knows that God's power flows in the present Think about that. God's power doesn't flow 10 minutes from now. I mean, it might, but God's power flows. His influence, his his love, his kindness, his correction. God's influence flows in a moment. If we miss the moment, we miss the influence. And that's why being present is so important. Because to be a Christian is to follow Jesus, but if we don't have an ear to listen to his voice, to his leading, to his calling, to his conviction, then we can easily follow the distractions of life, the voices of culture. As we go back to Mary and Martha, it says, Jesus says to Martha, but only one thing is necessary, is to be present in every aspect of your life. He's referring to this listening and being present before Christ and realizing that we live every part of our life as before him. And I'm not asking us to not be productive, to not do your job, to not have a clean house, not to do fun things, to sit and worship all day long. That's not what I'm asking. But the Christian life is that God's presence goes with us wherever we go. 
And there's an opportunity for all of us to step into the present and become more aware that God's presence is with us, no matter what we are doing. And God's presence is not any more present (laughs) when you're in church. Although there's power in, in uniting with one accord. Man, if we, if, if, when, when we get that, not if, when we get this, it changes everything. Because you don't need, you don't, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I like what I do. You don't need me, though. Like, we're Christians. We follow, like, Christ. And he says, I will be with you to the end of the age. I'm going to send my advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He will be with you. He will tell you what to do when you stand before a ruler. So he'll tell you what to speak. He will remind you of all the things that I've ever told you. He will be with you. And when you're in, when you're in prison, he will break open the, chis- the prison cell because he's with you. And when you're with sick people, he will be there to heal them because he's with you. And when you are, when you are broken and worried, you cast your cares on him because he's with you. And when you are dealing with sickness, you call the elders and then God's right there. And then all of a sudden we realize that God's not in the building he's in you and the the trick of the enemy is to tell you that you need me you don't need me okay you don't need to yell that amen that loud but (laughs) but the point is is that God is with you there's a there's we need this family of God we need this church we need to spur each other on and keep each other accountable and evangelize together and grow the family of God but your life in Christ is so much bigger and so much better and there's so much more opportunity when we think of our Christian life as God with me as opposed to I go to meet with God at a place Because now when you come here, you're not like, Jake, what do you got for me? You're like, God, you're here. Let's go. Come on. When you come with a deficit to church, needing things from everyone else, you, you miss out on what God's doing because God wants to fill you up at home. When you come, you overflow. And then we're just bubbling. We're just like the kid in the spaghetti pool. We're like splashing around because all of us are full because we've been with God. We've tested ourselves. We've tested our faith. Life is difficult, but we are present in the moment. We say, God, I trust you that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living even though I'm not there yet. Are you worried and distracted? There is hope for you. There's hope for me. There's a next step. I want to talk really quick about multitasking. (laughs) This is what an MIT neuroscientist, Earl Miller, says about multitasking. Our brains are not wired to multitask well, except for my wife. She's like incredible at it. It's crazy. When people think they're multitasking, they're actually just switching from one task to another very rapidly. And every time they do, there's a cognitive cost. Most of all, doctors tell us that multitasking causes an increase in the production of cortisol, the stress hormone. When our brain constantly shifts gears, it creates stress and tires us out, leaving us feeling mentally fatigued. There's power in being present. Now, I understand, sometimes we need to multitask. <laughs> like when you have kids, like you need to multitask. But it's strategically, but it's strategically, yeah, Ricky. But it's strategically in those moments, 
not allowing ourselves to go so fast that we miss out on the moments. There's a, there's a quote from the movie, uh, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> it's a story about Mr. Rogers. Who's seen the movie? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's a great movie. And, and Fred Rogers is talking to Lloyd, who's the, the uh, journalist, and he says, do you know what the most important thing in the world, to me, world is to me right now? They're talking on the phone. And the journalist Lloyd says, no. Fred Rogers says, talking on the telephone to Lloyd Vogel. I heard this phrase when I watched the movie and it just shook me. The most important thing in the world to me is what I'm doing right now. It's not my job, it's it's not my social media, it's not the the, the basketball game, it's not March Madness, it's not, yes it is, there are priorities in life, but the idea is to live in the moment, to be present for our families. So I was sensing that uh, this week actually, I was becoming distant at home. Like I, I, I caught myself in this, just I was self-aware and I was like feeling like, man, I'm just like not as present as I want to be at home. I'm like stressed and I have things that I'm thinking about and my, my brain, and if you know what I'm talking about, like your brain is thinking about nine things at once and your wife's asking you a question and you're like, what did she just say? <laughs> and I realized this and so I, I started praying and I knew something was off so I sat down in the quiet, I prayed and I started reading out of First Peter 5 and as I was reading, I came across this verse and it says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety. You see, the reason God is calling us to cast our anxiety on him is not because he only wants us to live a peaceful life, it's because he wants us to be like in the moment. Because when we're thinking about other things, we're not thinking about the moment. And so right then and there, I was sitting on my couch, and I just said, God, I give you. There's some things at work. I was just thinking about some things in ministry, and I was like, God, I just, I give you those things. I give you those things. And to kind of end tonight, I want to give you three quick tips on how to, how to just be more present. Something that I, three things I've started doing in the last three months. Make an appointment. Meaning when things pop in your head that randomly that are giving you stress, make an appointment. Put, a cal- put it on the calendar when you're going to deal with it. Because if you don't, you're going to go back to it like 10 minutes later. So you get on your phone, you say, okay, what's my, okay. Next Monday at this time, I'm, I'm, think- I'm putting time to think about that. Okay, make an appointment. That way, when you think about it again, you're like, okay, I'm thinking about it in the future. Okay, next thing I want you to say a prayer is I want you to do what I did and just say, God, like I cast my cares on you. God, I trust you. You're, you're, so, you're so faithful to, to, to carry us through this season and carry me through what's going on. I, I cast my cares on you. And lastly is I want you to rele- just release the worry. Is I, you just literally just say, God, I release the worry as much as I can. As much as I can, I just release the worry. And as you do that consistently, you realize that like being in the moment and being present is, is possible. And that we'll experience more peace We'll be able to obey more clearly and we'll be able to, be, to love our families even more. And I'll just leave you with this. is one thing no one else can give my family is my presence. 
It's the one thing that no one else can give my family. And my desire is that God would use my presence with my family, at my work, and in, in my life, and my going to influence other people and share the gospel through my life and through my words and through my obedience. And let's just pray to close here. If you'd bow your heads. There are, there are a few people in the room who came desperate today. People who believe in God but have not been living in a way that they know to be right and their conscience, your conscience has been grilling you and you've been feeling this weight there is peace available for for you tonight and that peace is found in the message and the truth of Jesus that he was on a cross for your sin and your rebellion to offer you forgiveness he raised back to life to give you peace. And he says to anyone who would believe that they can be forgiven and they can carry the very presence and peace of God from this day forward if they would turn from their old ways and believe and put their faith and trust in Jesus. If that's you tonight, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand. There's nothing special about raising your hand other than it's a, it's a outward expression of the inward desire that you have to meet God. And by raising your hand, God will meet you tonight. So if that's you on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. See that hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Let's, let's just pray with those people tonight. Thank you for being bold and raising your hands. Would everyone just repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiving me of all my sin all my rebellion there's nothing that I could ever do to undo what I've done but your love for me your kindness has saved me I believe that Jesus took my place and that by raising back to life, I can have a new life. So from this day forward, I give you my life. Do with it what you want. 
thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.